2: That time of the season. Do you remember growing up with Krampus? Santa's demonic helper who basically existed to scare children into being good. I spent a lot of time in overseas markets. My father was in the military, so we moved a lot. And I think that actually helped me become a better investor because I think I have more of a perspective than someone who stayed in one city for their whole life. So Krampus is Santa's little helper. He literally exists to scare children. Most Krampuses have their thick fur sharp horns. They've got crazy hooves and fangs and a long pointy tongue. They usually wear loud bells and chains. They thrash around for effect. They carry a whip. This is what should be put in children's heads at night. This whole, Johnny, you get a participation pen... They typically have a basket of, oh, maybe not a basket, like a sack of some sort of uh, goods meant to transport kids to hell or the nearest river. So Krampus would have a bag that he would take kids to the river end. This doesn't end well for the kid. A lot of alpine towns feature an annual Krampus love. Or a Krampus run. It usually takes place December 5th, the night before the Feast of St. Nicholas. Anyone can dress up as Krampus. There's a lot of wooden masks. They're typically homemade. They're pretty cheap. Um, But they're intricate, and they're terrifying. If you go Google Krampus right now, K-R-A-M-P-U-S. Now, keep in mind, I once heard a story that Michael Jackson's dad would sneak into his room in the middle of the night through the window and absolutely horrify his children And to see how messed up Michael Jackson became. But also internationally successful superstar. Do you want to dress up as Krampus to scare your kids this holiday? (coughs) So now, when I moved to the Bay Area 16 years ago, I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little sad. I moved in, I want to say, October of that year. And I worked at a radio station, which was wonderful. But I had no friends and I decided to live in Moran because it was close to San Francisco and I didn't want to live in San Francisco. I kind of wanted to try things out. But on Thanksgiving and Christmas, I had no friends. And people in the Bay Area aren't, they're very clicky. You're not getting invited to someone's house unless you know them really well. Even if they know you're the single guy who has no friends. So anyway, so I go out to a bar, an Irish bar, and 20 drunk Santa Clauses roll in. And they're (laughs) vomiting. They're They're vile. You stink. like beef and cheese? You don't smell like Santa. And, uh... So the Krampus runs are the same thing overseas. You get a lot of drunken Krampuses getting a little too into character. They chase people around town. They beat them with sticks. And again, they, they carry a sack to grab kids and take them to hell or throw them into a river. And you never really know who's hiding behind those masks, which makes it even more horrific. Like when you lived in New York and you're in, like, um... Hell's Kitchen. And it's Halloween... Halloween is the most fright. It used to be the most frightening night in New York City because people can wear, like, hockey masks and have an axe and run down the street, and you don't know if... You don't know their intentions. Same thing with these Krampus runs. No one quite knows for certain when the tradition began, but probably when the Moors raided European towns and they'd kidnap locals and they'd sell them into slavery. Now, why did Krampus have chains? Well... It, w- it was symbolic. It basically bound him to the devil by the Christian church. And the birch branches, birch branches, that's easy for me to say, they hail from the ancient pagan initiation rites. Parents would threaten their kids, which I love, uh, with you know, Krampus all year long. Better be good or Krampus is coming. But now we've Americanized it. You, you know, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. But in Europe... Better be good or Krampus is going to put you in a bag and throw you in the river. So Krampus is the opposite of Saint Nick, I think. A kindly old man who rewards well-behaved kids with candy and gifts. To me, Santa is kind of a, a fictionalized... I know, I know, I know, I probably shouldn't tell, say that in case there's kids listening. He's a fictionalized deity to basically get us to spend money. When St. Nick and his associates show up, he starts reading off a list of every instance a kid has misbehaved in the past year. While said kids tremor and tear under the watchful eye of Krampus. Krampus has those birch branches that he hits the kids with. So if you Google this and YouTube it, you're going to see that Krampus is so insanely scary. He's actually been banned a couple times by the Catholic Church and by the Austrian government. He was banned in World War II for allegedly being a product of social democrats. I know you're saying, how can a fictional character be banned? Well, maybe he's not fictional. The Krampus is so terrifying that one Austrian town warned visitors ahead of time. So they wouldn't be afraid when drunken monsters were seen (laughs) running through their streets at night. Which is kind of the way I... Like I told you recently, when Nina was singing 99 Loof Balloons and she lifts her arms and it's all hairy and she's European, and I'm like, oh no, I'm so used to the Americanized version of a woman, make it go away. But if you and your honey are visiting a small European town and this this two-horned beast with hair and and chains and sticks is running through the town, you might actually believe it's a real thing. (laughs) Like, we don't have those in the United States. What is that? Krampus has been having a resurgence in Europe recently. And he's even starting to catch on in the United States. So if anyone wants to start a Krampus business with me, where we dress up and with sacks and scare kids, I'm in. I'm all for scaring of the small children. As long as they're eight years old. So but uh that's the story of Krampus. And he's kind of the opposite of the story of Santa. And I share that with you. And I don't know why I share that with you, other than it's my annual Christmas tradition to talk about Krampus. So, K-R-A-M-P-U-S. Can I be honest? I hate Charlie Brown. I think I'm the only person who hated that cartoon. Okay, there were some moments where Snoopy, and was it Tweety Bird, or what's the bird called? Woodstock. Woodstock. I've never understood why women get Woodstock tattoos. That bothers me. But as a kid, I didn't find it funny. There's a kid who's so filthy, they call him Peg Pen. That's just bullying. That's not nice. There's Lucy who's like, Hey, Charlie, come kick a football. And at the last second, she pulls it away. That's not funny. So, if I was Charlie, I'd hire Krampus to grab Lucy and put her in a her bag and throw in her a river. That's just me. But I do... Anytime you talk Christmas, you gotta throw in the Charlie Brown singers. So it is all part of it, right? Anyhow, and anyway, hopefully you're not spending so crazy right now that, come January and February, you don't even want to open those bills. And come March and April, you're like, oh, I'm only halfway paying it off. And come June, you've paid it off. Don't be that person. That's the one time where I could kind of say it's okay to buy gifts in cash. I'd prefer you do it on a credit card and pay it off so you get the perks. But if you can't control yourself, ooh, don't leave home with credit cards at Christmas time. And, uh, just keep in mind, what did you get for Christmas last year? You probably don't even remember. So be very cautious on spending big dollars on gifts for people that they're not going to remember. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
1: 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, it's that time of the year where the end of the year is coming and financially speaking, there's a lot to think about. I think, and I know this sounds horrible. I was at the grocery store yesterday and this is hilarious because I do a little spot on TV and I do radio spots, right? Uh, so I do 15 hours of media a week. And uh, it keeps me busy. I like it. But someone at the grocery store is like, so you don't like gift cards, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you you know how much we spend on gift cards that we never use? Billions. And then with gift cards, you're like, I'm just going to pay full price for something you typically get at a discount. And then with gift cards, you're like, well, I've got $25 of gift cards. I'm going to spend an extra $10. So you just bought $35 of stuff. And I don't think you need to do that. But that's just me. Um, So I don't like gift cards. One of the things that is just like perplexes me about Christmas is the idea of gifts, right? I kind of hit this in the last segment where what was the gift that you remember the most? I remember at one point in time, I can't tell you one thing I got last year. I can't tell you one thing I got the year before. I can't tell you anything I got the year before or the year before. Now, that either tells you that I've got a soft, spongy brain because I drink too much or it tells you that I'm just not that easily impressed. Um, I can tell you that a friend of mine got me, like, car washing gear so I can wash and wax my car for my birthday one year recently. And I'm like, lovely, why don't you just wash my car for me? (laughs) I don't need this stuff. Um, I like cash for Christmas gifts for anyone under 50. Let them go find something themselves. But then you're giving them 50, you're giving them 100, and they're getting 25 back, and you're suddenly like, this sucks. So, But cash for your kids, I think, is probably the right way to go. The ideal Christmas gift is money. Um, you can't charge it, which is great. So the Yuletide season is an occasion not merely for giving of material things, but an occasion for the giving of that which counts infinitely more, the giving of the self. Oh, My parents always made us do something charitable on the holidays, which as kids we hated. Like we'd go feed homeless people for Christmas Day, and as a kid you didn't quite get it. And you'd just be like, they smell bad. And you didn't get the whole spirit of it. I've got a friend who, she says, don't give me any Christmas gifts. Just if you want to do a GoFundMe, she gets money and then she goes and drives around blankets to homeless people. I think that's pretty cool. Especially if you're living in an area like anywhere other than California where up north it gets pretty darn cold. Um, The Christmas season to me has turned into a, a period when the public plays Santa Claus to the merchants. Where we're giving them more money. We're giving them the gift of like, hey... Thank you, merchants. So that's a little bit of a problem. One thing that has always perplexed me, I like lyrics of a song. You've probably heard me talk on this show, like um, Only Human by The Killers. I think that's a song about going into rehab, you know, where he's taken away and he's probed and stuff like that. Um, And I look at it, I'm like trying to figure it out. And then I learn he's Mormon, so he probably doesn't have rehab issues, but maybe it was written by someone who did. But you know, the one that kills me is the 12 days of Christmas. Um, Roman Catholics in England weren't permitted to practice their faith openly from like 1560 to like 1820, 1830. So sometimes they wrote carols as a catchyism. And like the partridge in a pear tree... On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. A partridge in a pear tree stands for Jesus Christ. Now, the next one's a little bit tougher. Two turtle doves. They were the Old and New Testaments. So it's kind of a way of poking each other, saying, I'm a Catholic. Are you a Catholic? The three French hens, what do you think they stand for? Faith, hope, and love. I know you're saying, can't a French hen just be a French hen? I don't even know what a calling bird is. But there was four of them. And oddly enough, there's four Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, this just makes me want, every time I hear this song, especially when the Muppets sing it, it makes me want to gouge my eyes out with an ice pick and pour gasoline on them. Five golden rings? That's the, the Torah or law, the five... First books of the Old Testament. Oh, six geese a lane? That's the six days of creation. Seventh day, God rested. Seven swans a swing They're the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit prophecy, serving, teaching, exoration, contribution, leadership, and mercy. Oh, that's not even nice. I hate them up at singing. Oddly enough, My favorite album of all time was the Muppet Movie Soundtrack. Because that was about a a frog who goes to California. And I see myself as a frog who went to California. And he brought his friends along, and I brought some friends along from the East Coast. He had a dream of going to Hollywood. I had a dream of going to Silicon Valley. Which, when I was a teenager, I thought it was Silicon Valley. Like, fake boobs. But it's Silicon, not Silicone. There's a slight difference. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses and try the veal. Mmm. Who doesn't like baby cows kept in a box? Now eight maids of milking. And Miss Piggy, I don't like that interracial dating between pigs and frogs. Don't like it at all. Don't like is that interracial or inner interspecies. I like interracial dating. I'm cool with interracial dating, interspecies dating, not so much. So eight maids of milking were the eight beatitudes. The nine ladies of dancing They were the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness Gentleness and self-control Now which one of those are your favorite? Probably joy Ten lords a-leaping, ten commandments That's easy Eleven pipers piping stood for the eleven faithful disciples Remember, one, faith, one disciple wasn't faithful Bad boy Bad boy, you're not invited to dinner next time and the twelve drummers drumming symbolized the twelve points of belief in the Apostles' Creed. Now you know what that song was all about. You probably had no clue. And now you know, courtesy of NBC. What did we learn today? Rob hates the Muppet singing. Okay, okay, I like the Rainbow Song. Okay, okay, and moving right along, and then Gonzo singing. This looks familiar. Oh, so familiar. We're like old friends who just met. Okay, okay, I like some Muppet singing. Just not this song. And now you know. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black
0: Show. Your retirement needs a plan, but it can be hard to know how to even begin. By keeping your focus on just a few essential issues, you can increase your chances of enjoying a secure future. Step one, sign up for the free webinar, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income, hosted by New Focus Financial. It's Wednesday, December 21st, starting at 7 p.m. And during this hour-long webinar, you'll learn from certified financial planner Chad Burton how you can reduce risk with diversification. He'll give you tax reduction strategies and estate planning tips and let you know which bond alternatives and retirement products make sense in today's low-interest rate environment. You'll learn how to rebalance your portfolio in retirement and create a tax-efficient distribution plan. And you'll get tips on portfolio structuring, asset allocation, and more. Again, this is a free webinar, 7 p.m. Wednesday, December 21st, for about an hour. Go to newfocusfinancial.com to register now and take the first step towards a secure future. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
1: Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. So, the 12 days of Christmas, that may or may not be true. Just to let you know, it may or may not, but don't let the facts ever get in the way of a good story. That's what we say in news. Milton Berle once said of Christmas, My son has a big Christmas problem. What do you buy for a father who has everything and you're using it? I gotta do my own snares. My son has a big Christmas problem. What do you buy for a father who has everything and you're using it? Milton Burrow also said, Santa's having a tough time this year. Last year, he deducted $8 billion for gifts, and the IRS wants an itemized list. Thank you very much. Now, one of the greatest poets ever who, it's kind of interesting. Anytime I need to lose weight, I read Maya Angelou, because I think her poetry is wretched. And let me just give you a quick example. One must know not just how to accept a gift, but with what grace to share it.
1: Blah. Bring me a bucket.
2: <laughs> not a big fan of Maya Angelou. Just between you and me.
1: It's only a waffer thing. Yeah. I couldn't be another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Buggle horse.
2: So, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's... Was he created by a Montgomery Ward copywriter, Bob May? Uh, there's guiding guy named Bob May. He was depressed and heartbroken. He looked out the apartment window. His four-year-old daughter, Barbara, was sobbing. It was snowing and it was Christmas time. His wife, Evelyn, had died, was dying of cancer. So little Barbara couldn't understand why her mommy would never come home. Barbara looked up into her dad's eyes and asked, Why isn't mommy just like everybody else's mom? Bob's jaw tightened and his eyes welled with tears. Her question brought waves of grief and anger. So, he basically decided to bless his little girl with the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And through the years, this was roughly 1938, the story got more and more embellished in who were the characters. Like, I didn't know the difference between Donner and Donder. Like, I hate, I hate getting slipped on that kind of stuff. Because, you know, when you're, you're seven years old and you're singing with your pals at the playground, all right, there's Donder. And who's Donder? All the kids would go and then laugh at me. And they wouldn't let me play games with them and they'd ostracize me and make me leave. And I'd leave with, like, just this big red face. So, so sad for me. Um, so Bing Crosby and Dinah Shore made it into a popular song. Um Gene Autry who was known as the Singing Cowboy. Everyone who's under 40 years old is like, what is a Singing Cowboy? So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was released in 1949. Phenomenal success. And again, one of the great Christmas classics of your childhood. But when you watch it today, it's just cruel. There's the elf guy who does dentistry on, on the big ogre. And he doesn't give him any Novocaine. He just pulls his teeth out. That's called torture. We don't even do that to terrorists in the United States. And then there's the island of misfit toys. Oh, poor Bobby can't possibly have a uh, a misfit toy. Bobby needs the best and brightest. He needs an iPad this year. So all these toys get put on and ostracized and sent off to an island. Like, that's not nice. That's not Christmassy. And if you ever saw him.
1: You would even say it
2: goes. So, Rudolph came about as the story of a father trying to console his daughter's grief of losing her mother to cancer. Uh, I know you're saying, I don't even know if that's a true story. It doesn't matter. It's getting you into the Christmas mood. That's what I'm here for. Yes, I want you to save money. Yes, I want to get you to retirement. But. More importantly, I want to get you in the Christmas mood. Um, anyway, let's move on. How about getting into the Christmas mood with that, that kid? You know who I'm talking about, right? The kid from Home Alone, um, who I would refer to as a, a masochist. The kid should be put in prison. The kid should not be allowed out of the sight of authorities. Kevin McAllister, oh yeah, sure, he was left at home, and he had to set up booby traps to keep criminals out of his house. But what sort of kid does this? He was cruel and vicious and mean. Some of the injuries that they sustained in real life, they would have died from. Now, of course, it was funny. Get out of my house, you mean old man. Um, But take a look at the facts here. You know, he shot one guy in the face with a BB gun, Marv. Uh, as Marv looked through the doggy door, there's Kevin with a BB gun. Now, most cases, of BB gun to the face isn't going to be fatal. It's not even going to be severe, but it would put a nice cut that could fester and get into uh, uh, a bad infection. Or how about when Kevin decides he's going to ice down the stairs to the basement, and Marv slips on those, he probably would have cracked his skull and died. So with his age and his size, he would have had head or spinal injuries for sure. You know, one could be worse than the other. Possible bone fractures. This kid could have called 911. He could have gone to his neighbors, but no, he's like, let's set up traps. And that's like, how about this one? The hot doorknob. Kevin uses a device to heat a pot of water to make the doorknob blazingly hot. Now, not knowing that it's glowing red, which would be an obvious thing, Harry, uh, Joe Pesci, grabs it. For it to glow red, it would be about 900 degrees. Now, if you touch hot water at 140 degrees, it's going to be a, you know, a bad third degree burn. Lava, to give you perspective, is at 1300 degrees. So basically, he cooks the guy's head at near lava temperatures um, and his hand as well. Because remember, he had fire on his head while he's opening the door with a blowtorch blowtorch to the head a blowtorch could reach temperatures of 3500 degrees twice no three times as hot as lava and he's under the flame for 10 seconds in direct contact so you watch The Home Alone this, this trip this holiday season you show the kids the movie that you love and you show them what true evil is what potentially Krumpus or Damien is a kid how about getting hit in the face with an iron why did not you try this Now keep in mind Roadrunner used to do this all the time to Wile E. Coyote and I didn't like it I thought Wile E. Coyote should have eaten the Roadrunner at least once in the cartoon run but he never got the chance he should have sued Acme because Acme kept sending him stuff that didn't work like he'd get on those jet roller skates and like at the last second they'd run out of power oh and he happens to be over a cliff oh. in this day and age you sue but getting hit in the face with an iron, um, that could do brain damage. Uh, definitely blurred vision. Uh, seizures probably could be slipping into a coma. Uh, a lot of facial fractures or broken bones. Now, okay, now we start getting cute again with the broken ornaments. He's put a lot of broken and jagged ornaments all over the floor. and it would make a horrible sound. I just stepped on a train track the other day, a kid's train track. And I honestly thought I was going to die. Like, the bottom of your feet aren't meant for kind of such minor injuries. Uh, But it's painful, and it didn't feel good. Probably a couple stitches. Worst case scenario, you step on some broken uh, Christmas balls. But nails on a step? This, This shouldn't have been a PG movie. This should have been rated X. This should have been like Faces of Death. This is just downright wrong on so many levels. So, again, getting hit in the face with a paint can, eh, cute. We love the little kid. He's adorable. Hitting a person with an iron to the face, a blowtorch to the head, no, no. This is demonic. It's it's wrong for so many reasons. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Remember, you want to enjoy the holiday season. You don't want to pay for it all year round. Now, some fast facts on reindeer for you. They happen to live in the northern part of Northern America. So you could say North America. Um, reindeer and caribou are of the same genus and species. Basically, they're the same animals. So when you see a caribou, you could say, hey, it's reindeer. Now, there's some stories that float around that say that reindeer have to all be females because the male reindeer lose their antlers. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. It seems like there's a little bit of, yeah, male reindeers do drop their antlers, but they don't have to drop their antlers. And that brings back the whole Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing, where it was a sleigh of all men, um, or mostly men, but it would to be all men because they had antlers, right? Are you following me here? So we, then we start getting into this whole gender identity issue um, that's just going to confuse the kids if you're giving them the facts. Um, No one has ever actually seen a reindeer fly, which is, I think, very important that you explain to kids that reindeer can't fly. Um, They lived about 15 to 18 years old, so you don't want one as a pet. Um, You kind of want the fish that's going to last three weeks. 15 to 18 years is a long commitment. You definitely don't want one as a pet. Reindeer are the only species of deer with noses completely covered by hair, which to me sounds absolutely disgusting you imagine having hair over your nose? You don't want reindeer as a pet. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Rob Black. Now it's all the
1: way. Everybody say, have a Merry Christmas of love. Baby, let it snow tonight. That'll be just right. Just imagine making out by the firelight. This was love, love.
2: I was a child, and I don't know why my producers play in modern music when I'm talking all Christmas and Hanukkah. I would fire him, but I actually can't control him. But if I did, I, I would, um, because that's just the kind of guy I am, especially during the holiday season. Well, it's not my fault. <laughs> I used to work with a guy who hated firing people. I was like, I'll do it. I truly enjoy it. So Sorry. Um, so what's your favorite Christmas song or what's your least favorite Christmas song? I could tell you my least favorite Christmas song and let's see if we match up with each other. Oh, before I do that, um, my favorite when I was like 12 years old or something was the waitresses, uh, called Christmas wrapping. And it really shows you that when you look back at your life, that you were really stupid as a kid, that what you thought was great and wonderful, it doesn't age well. And it's one of the investment lessons that I can teach you is that the, the phrase of, I wish I knew then what I know now, couldn't it be more truer? And when your kid is all smack, smack full of attitude at Christmas, slap them around a little bit. Because, like, I've got a, a relative who's 18, 19, 20, she's at Berkeley, and she's got a really husky voice, she's like 6'5", five. she's like, oh... I really want to go to college to help people. And the first moment she can get a job working on Ellen, woohoo, she's all about it. But this is The Waitresses. I know you're saying, what up with that, Rob? It's all about a girl who all year long was bumping into a guy and... You know, she just wants some peace and quiet on Christmas because all year long she's been bumping in a guy at the pool. She's been bumping into him. um, Can never catch up with each other. And at the end, they are buying a turkey together. They're at the A&P, which is kind of like Safeway. And, you know, it's Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. It's the best one ever, right? If you go to YouTube and just Google waitresses and Christmas uh, wrappings it's upsetting. So again, don't get too confident when you're under the age of 40 with your, your thoughts and your abilities to process and understand the stock market because you're probably not as good as you think you are. Okay, now for the worst song ever. Now that just, that one just didn't age well and I'm readily willing to admit it. And for the record, I hate Mariah Carey. If I could put her in a room with like, um, how shall we say, human eating pygmies from the Amazon, I'd do it. I'd do Behave it. yourself. I'd do it in a heartbeat.
1: That is not
2: appropriate behavior, okay? Okay, but yeah, Mariah Carey's Christmas music. Doesn't work for me. But you know what else doesn't work for me? Adam Sandler, the Chanukah song. Not that I don't like anything tied towards Hanukkah. It's sometimes translated into Chanukah. It's a Jewish holiday celebrated for eight days and nights. It starts on the 25th of the Jewish month of Kislev, which coincides with the late November December secular calendar. So it's usually November, December. And I was just talking to my producer about it, who is soon to be on that employment line. And I said, so he goes, when's Hanukkah this year? I'm like, it's coming. Some years it feels like it's earlier than others, but it's typically November, December. But get this, the Hanukkah story. And I dated a Jewish girl once, twice, twice. And honestly, I'm bringing this up because it really reveals that I was raised in a very sheltered world. I was raised Christian Catholic, but that kind of fell apart when my dad kind of, I was, the sixth, I was the fifth boy and there were six kids and I think the whole church thing was good for him as long as it was convenient for him as long as it was and then just moving so much something fell apart there But so I stayed in a Jewish girl and she was fantastic because she stopped and taught me every Jewish holiday and like the dreidel game is the best game ever because it's a game where you basically get to steal other kids toys now I think that's fantastic, but she went to tell me that the Hanukkah story was tied towards 168 BC. And it was something about a Jewish temple that was seized by the Syrian Greek soldiers, and it was dedicated to the worship of the god Zeus. Now, that didn't sit terribly well with the Jewish people, but many were afraid to fight back for fear of reprisals. And then by 167 BC, remember the BC clock goes forward, so 168 goes to 167. Um, There were some observance of, you know, the observance of Judaism was to be punishable by death. He ordered all Jews to worship Greek gods, um, the Syrian Greek emperor Antioch. Um, they resisted. They fought back. There was some sort of miracle. The story kind of started losing it on me at that point in time. I was like, let's talk matzah. Put on your yarmulke, Here comes Hanukkah. So much Banaka to celebrate Hanukkah.
0: This guy is Hanukkah worth
2: hundreds of millions of dollars for being a dork. He's one of the smartest people you know, but it's a shtick. So the lighting of the Hanukkah, it's customary to commemorate the miracle of the Hanukkah oil by lighting candles. It, was, it didn't burn out, and that was the miracle of it. Uh, the dreidel, which is a Hanukkah game, is spinning of the dreidel. It's a four-sided top with Hebrew letters written on each side. And um, there's some chocolate coins involved. So if you ever go into a grocery store and see those chocolate coins wrapped in ten, I think there's a tie there. I'm not entirely up on it. But also, Hanukkah celebrates the miracle of oil. So the the Jewish people eat a lot of fried foods, um, like latkes. And I can't say it, but savganiyot. So pancakes made out of potatoes and onions. Mmm. Uh the is, is jelly-fell donuts that are fried and sometimes dusted with confection sugar. So that's living, that's partying, that's Christmas, or Hanukkah in this case. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my hour dedicated to the holidays. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me more online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Happy holidays, everybody. I saw him and